This is the City of Refuge, Thomaston, Georgia, Sunday morning podcast. I've been thinking all week about the freedom that comes with the relationship with God. The freedom that comes with it. I had no idea we were going to be doing that song this morning. We were talking in Wednesday uh, night class, and you know, uh, thank you to Anton. He kind of he kind of heads it up. There's a lot of conversation. It's a lot of conversation around the table and whatnot. But Anton kind of heads it up. And something that he brought up uh, Wednesday was the difference um, in the relationship with God than there is of just obeying the law. There's a the verse that I wanted to talk about this morning, and I was going to tell uh, Briggs to wait, but it's the uh, Matthew 7, 7 through 12. And let me grab my phone real quick. I'm going to read it to y'all. The difference in a relationship with God that really matters the most is the love that comes with it. And then the freedom that comes with it and the peace that comes with it. It's a lot different than just obeying the rules. It's not just about obeying rules and that's it. Because if it was just about obeying rules, it would sound a whole lot more and feel and look a whole lot more like a slavery. You just have to do this and you have to do that and that's it. But that's not the case. With the Lord, there's love involved with it. And so Matthew 7, 7 through 12 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be open. For if you, for, or no, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or ask for a fish, will give them a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. It mentions the law and the prophets, but it also mentions do to others what you would have them do to you. You don't want to be just dragged around. You want to be loved. You want to be respected. And it says the Father in heaven will give such good gifts to you. It's about the love and it's about the freedom. I hope freedom really does reign in this place. When the kids come into the doors, I hope that we can offer them some freedom because they're probably coming from some situations based off the neighborhoods that we have around here and we pick them up out of. They're not getting it at home. And so I'm going to get back on track there. And uh, Briggs, if you don't mind bringing up just the picture uh, that I gave to you. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Dad, come it, man. That's my grandma and my papa, and they're both gone. Um, I don't do a good job, you know, there's people who can just talk through the way they cry, so I'm going to try not looking at that picture right now. Um, but my, my grandma and papa's life was about a relationship with God, the whole thing from the beginning to the end, really. They're, the perpetual light that they just cast it out constantly and for their entire lives was unreal. And their lives were about knowing God and making sure that we 
knew God, making sure that my dad, my Uncle Bruce, my Uncle Keith, my Aunt April knew God, down to the grandkids, down to perfect strangers. Went to 48 states. She just fought. She just went with him. She prayed as a young girl to marry a traveling preacher man. And then they met. She prayed this on the riverside. They met, and six weeks later, they were married. And their whole lives, they just lived it out to the fullest extent that you could live it when it comes to a relationship with God. I went to the 48 states, Nicaragua, the Philippines, Jamaica. I couldn't even tell you where all they went. And just casting light out on the perfect strangers. And the impact on that went down, and it went down through our generations. And Briggs, if you don't mind adding the verse to it now, and I'm going to share this verse. And I said it came down through the generations, and I mean our family. It says, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life that, so that you and your children may live. And so the point I want to get to on this verse is that it's very important to note that the word choose is in there. You have the choice no matter what. It doesn't say in the verse, God doesn't say, well, there's certain situations where you don't have a choice. Some stuff is just placed upon you. It matter of fact, it says, I call on the heavens and the earth as witnesses. You ever heard somebody say, I promise on the Bible or on my mama or something like that? This is basically what God is saying. He says, I, I'm calling them as witnesses that this is 100% truth. And the word choice is in there. So the bottom line is we have really two, you know, more than two if you want to start getting all crazy, but kind of in a way two ways that you could have been brought up. You could have somebody in your life like my Graham and my Papa who were constantly teaching us the difference between good and evil, what's right and wrong, how to love God and how to serve others. You could have that. And still, that doesn't seal the deal for you because I got members of my family who know these things and who still choose death and who choose curses. That's why it's 100% the choice. It's not a statement that says, well, this or that and the other may affect that. You either way have the choice because I got some members of my family who are making the opposite choice. And you can also have an influence based off of what you decide, how the, your kids, how your grandkids may make their choice. So I think it made it easier for my dad and my uncles and whatnot to make the right choice. I really think City of Refuge started there with my grandma and my papa. Because I think it probably made it a lot easier. My Uncle Bruce is the founder of City of Refuge, and my dad just joined just like a year or two later, and they really got the ball rolling. They could have made a whole different choice if my grandma and my papa were not living the lives that they led and making it easier for my Uncle Bruce, my dad, Keith, April, to make these right choices. And there may not be any City of Refuge. And now that they're gone, it doesn't mean that their light isn't shining anymore because it's perpetuating still through City Refuge and through 
uh, outreach ministries and missions work that they've done. You know, my, I couldn't even tell you how many churches that my papa preached. He would preach in the churches that had less people than what we got sitting here. It doesn't matter. And so I think that made it easier. The light is still shining down to here. That's, prob that's probably a lot of the reason why I'm standing here this morning. You know, if I had a different type of influence in my life, who knows where the choices I might make. So now I have the choice, but we can make choices easier on people. My wife Lydia told me a story, and this is another one I'm not going to cry, but it's another one that really made me want to when I heard it. She told me that on Mother's Day week, <laughs> there was a kid, they were doing, you know, Mother's Day week, they were just doing all this stuff that was, based, you know, related to moms and just all this cool stuff. They were making crafts and taking them home to their moms. And I don't, I don't think it was a kid in my wife's class, but it was a kid in the Upson uh, Primary School. And one of the questions on the paper, they were having like a questionnaire about their mom. And one of the questions is, what's your mom's favorite store to go to? Now, your favorite store to go to might be Marshall's or TJ Maxx or Ross or something, but this kid in kindergarten wrote that his mom's favorite store to go to was the liquor store. In kindergarten. You can make it easier to bring death and curses also based off the life that you lead. I bet that mom's alcoholic. Sounds like it, right? You have these things that are called generational curses. There's probably a good likelihood that that kid might be an alcoholic. It's really sad, and, but it doesn't seal the deal for that either. He's still got the choice. This kid can choose life, and it can choose blessings. But there has to be God involved, and that's why we're here. That's why we're operating out of Thomaston. We got to be the light for the kids whose mom and dad aren't bringing the light, who are actually bringing darkness. It really breaks my heart. And it really ticks me off, to be honest with you. I'll repeat it one more time. Dad said last week, some kids are just produced. End of sentence. He's probably, he or she, I didn't know if it was boy or girl. Probably under the same statement. And so, if my grandma and papa were living a different way, there could be no city refuge in Atlanta, in Pulaski, Virginia, in Texas, in Calhoun, down here in Thomaston. You know what that means, right? No Tupperware sale. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but seriously, it could be none of it, right? So something else I wanted to touch on today, if uh, Briggs, you don't mind bringing up the uh, verse, uh, Matthew 10, 27. This verse says, and I, we brought it up this morning, it says, what I tell you in the dark speak in the daylight what is whispered in your ear proclaim it from the roofs 
you know, you got a kid whose mom's favorite store is the liquor store. She's an alcoholic. And you, you may have had a parent who was kind of the same way. Not everybody comes from a good, you know, a good place in life. You know, sometimes you're, you, you may not even have a father. You may not even have a mother. You may, you may be a foster child. You, there's just so many things that people can be brought up in. It says, but it says here, what I tell you in the dark if you're living in some darkness, God is trying to talk to you. We just got to be able to hear his voice. We got to be listening. That's why I think this kind of correlates with the other verse about you have the choice. And he says, I declare for the heavens and the earth that he's going to give us that choice. That means he's going to speak to us in whatever situation that we're in. Whether it being a good one. A bad one. He's going to present all of it to you. Life, death, blessings, and curses. That's what a lot of people don't understand about Christianity and about God is that they say, why does God do this and that? Well, I'd say a good bit of what happens in the world is based off of the choices that we make, not God, because we always get to choose, right? And so this verse says, what I speak in the darkness, speak it into the daylight, what is whispered in your ear, proclaim it from the roofs. And dad had a story that when my papa died, it really hit me so hard that I wrote what I spoke to y'all, the, the poem that I read to y'all before church. It hit me so hard because he has, and I'm not going to touch on his own story too much because I'm sure he'll probably tell you. He told it again about, my grandma and papa really loved birds. They were bird people. They would go on walks and just listen to birds and determine what type of bird noise that was, what kind of bird was making it, and just see them and just laugh. And in their yard, they had bird feeders so that the birds would come and they would get to watch them. You know, on my grandma's deathbed, she was sitting next to a window. Her bed was along a window, and she had a bird feeder right outside the window so that she could watch there the birds come in on her laying there on her deathbed and still love the birds so much. And so in the darkness, right after dad uh, lost Papa, he had an encounter, a God encounter, and it had to do with birds. And so then my uncle Keith had the same thing. It was another encounter with birds. He actually called my dad up, told him the story, and he was like, wow, I had the same kind of thing happen. Well, and it hit me so heavy when he preached about it on that Sunday that I, I actually sat down a while later still thinking about it and wrote that poem. And then another uh, moment happened when my grand passed away and all the men who are sitting in here today that were sitting in the men's class Wednesday night, dad told the whole thing. He'll probably tell it to the congregation. But it was just a crazy story. It happens again. Same type of deal happens again when Graham passes away. But Dad said also in the Wednesday night class, how many of those moments do we miss? How, how could I have missed that if I was getting caught up in the darkness? If I'd have just been so focused on losing my parents, I could have missed it. So, so just because they're passed away, you can still focus on their lives, and you can still focus on the blessings. He said that him and his brothers and sisters, you know, it was sad talking about 
the death and, you know, the fact that they lost their parents. And I could just see it all over his face of how sad he really was. And that's one of the things that made me cry. I wasn't even crying for myself, really, when Dad passed away. I was crying for my dad just seeing him because he was with her for so much longer than I was. You know, I didn't, they were always, you know, they were like living in New Mexico for several months at a time. I had a great relationship with them, but not near as close as Dad. I said, so Dad had so much more reason to feel like he was in some sort of darkness. But they were talking about the life and focusing on the life. And they were laughing and, you know, just had all these stories to tell, focusing on the life. You know, he could have he missed a moment like this. And so it says, when it's whispered in your ear, proclaim it to the rooftops. So he came in here and preached it. And I'm going I'm to repeat this poem to y'all one more time. And Briggs, if you could bring the 1027 back up. There you Man, look at you. You're way ahead of me. It says, I love to sit and listen when the sound of silence settles in. And in the darkness, loud and clear, he whispers something in my ear. Precious words he told to me, and precious as these words may be, I muster up and say to you, they were not meant for only two. A treacherous night has turned broad day, is what on the rooftop I'll say. And that in the darkness, loud and clear, he whispered something in my ear. His love is gleaming like a beam of light and glory, oceans deep. And if the darkness comes again, I'll go back and listen then. So I wrote that before Graham passed away. And so there was a moment of darkness when we lost Papa. And, you know, Dad was able to listen and hear from the Lord. But then the darkness comes back. And the darkness, I can tell you, for your whole life is going to keep trying to pop up. It's going to keep trying to come back. But you got to be able to listen. So anytime the darkness comes, you got to listen to what he's trying to say in your ear. Now, it's hard. And I, I don't really think that um, because Dad's story, it happened at like 3-something three, three in the morning. It was actually dark when this stuff started happening with these birds. And so, but I don't think the verse technically just means in the darkness of night. It's in your, it's going to be in your darkest times. And so I, I want y'all really to understand how much further that light can be pushed than darkness. Because we all know what's going to happen in the end, right? The light is going to overtake the darkness. So truly, I tell you that you don't want to be on the side of darkness there's going to be this side of the wall and that side of the wall, and it's going to be these people that are pushing light, and it's going to be people on this side who are pushing darkness, who are going to be trying to push death and curses. You would rather be on the side of the light because this is the side that's going to win anyways, right? And we need the light, and I'm going to go back to this verse, uh, Matthew 7, and touch on the second half of this, it says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Now, what I think is interesting about this verse is that God doesn't just answer the question for you and say none of you. He doesn't answer it. it the next statement is almost kind of insinuating that most of you would. It says, If you then though you are evil and know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven good gifts, give good gifts to those who ask him? I think it's ironic, and I didn't 
think about it till just like two days ago when I was getting ready for this, that he doesn't just answer the question because the fact of the matter is some of us are given snakes and some of us are giving stones to our children and to those around us, you know? We don't all give good gifts. Certainly the alcoholic mother right now, it doesn't sound like she's giving good gifts. So it's funny that it doesn't just get answered. And it's really sad that when somebody is in need of food that you would give them a snake. And I think the metaphor today is, since my grandma and papa love birds so much, that are you gonna bring people up to be birds who can fly? and spread their wings and have freedom? Or are you gonna bring them up to be a snake who's just stuck on the dirt sliding their belly across the ground? You know, it's really important. It's really important. And I have a big old heart for what's going on down here in Thomaston. It's really important, especially with the kids that we got going on here and that we're gonna start trying to bring more and more. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, you know, really we've only been doing this bigger operation stuff for less than two years. The ball's just rolling. It's going to get bigger and bigger, and it's really important that we raise these kids up to be birds, really, who can fly, spread their wings, have freedom, know the Lord, and that the, the freedom that comes with that and the peace, because I, I guarantee you 98, 99% of the ones that are coming in the door are coming from the alcoholic mother type situations. So we have to be able to step up and show them that what, where the peace and the freedom can come from and that they have the choice to choose life still, no matter what death and curses and darkness are in their home, that they still have the choice and that God loves them and that they can choose life and they can choose blessings. So that's really basically the gist of what I had to share with you all this morning. It was really just a challenge about what kind of legacy are you going to leave? You know, my grandma and papa, they left a legacy. I'm standing up here. They're sitting at a funeral. The funeral's over with. I'm still standing up here talking about them. So what kind of legacy are you going to leave? You got generations in your past who could make you what you are. They can make you or they can break you. But either way, you got the choice to impact your future generations, especially if you're a father or a mother and you have children, it's really important because you can make it easier or you can make it harder on them. You can make it easier to choose life and blessings or you can make it easier for them to choose death and curses. All right. I'm going to pray us out. Thank you all for being here today. Lord, we thank you for being constant in who you are and just being a continuous light that can just shine throughout, Lord. And I just pray that everybody in this house this morning, Lord, that can consume that light and just perpetuate it to those in need, to those who need it most, Lord. And not just down here in Thompson, Lord, and across the world, you know, just really all the city refuge locations I want to lift up and thank you for this morning. And Lord, I just pray that Everybody in this room will understand that some of these kids need so much help. And, Lord, I pray that you can work through us to bring them light, Lord, so that we can make it easier on these kids to choose life, Lord, and to choose your blessings, Lord, so that generations to come, they continue to choose life and continue to choose blessings, Lord. I pray that anybody who was brought up in the opposite, Lord, that we can just break those chains 
we can just break the generational chains of alcoholism or just live in a pure godless life. I pray that we can start breaking chains down here, and Lord, and just do it all in your name. I pray that anything that happens around here at City Refuge South, Lord, that your hand's all over it, and anything that's not, it just drops, Lord, and we, we don't want to go that direction. We only want to go the direction that you're taking us, Lord. And I thank you for everybody who came there here this morning. Again, I want to lift up everybody who's out traveling, everybody who's out of town. Lord, I lift up Dad and Kendall to you again today in Jamaica doing your work. Lord, I just pray your peace, power, provision, and protection on this house and everybody, a part of this family who's not here today. In your name I pray. Amen.